All right. Today we got uh, John we're talking to, and I'm Dave. This is uh, not the nine to five. Um, remember not to die at your desk. Get out and figure out what you're passionate about and go do it. So, John, I shouldn't yes, have sir. said so. So. Sir John, um, so you're a big, so I know you're incredibly interested in, in is yard care the right word or lawn sculpting? What what is the proper term to refer to this as? You can call it whatever you want to. It's uh, yard porn. I, I like that term. All right. Um, it's it's. I really really enjoy uh, working in the yard. Not so much like planting flowers and stuff like that, but like the actual like lawn care, fertilizers, uh, ways to make things greener, uh, watering, I soil test, like every month. I mean, it's pretty excessive. Okay, so it's both. Uh, uh, so it sounds like there's both an aesthetic component to it and scientific component as well. Oh yeah, totally. I, I've I've got the scientific component pretty much down. I take care of five or six other lawns, depending on uh, when. I think I'm doing five right now. Um, so it basically, just neighbors passing through and like, oh man, your lawn is really green. Um, I try to dominate my i know it sounds really crazy but i always make sure that my side of the lawn is greener than my neighbors so you mentioned a while back that uh, a photographer came through and wanted to use your lawn on somebody else's house yeah so he had uh this is my last house and it was perfect like like big house uh you've been there before it was really really large um but it was only me and my wife so we, we ended up moving but anyways uh the the lawn was like perfect. I had it like just absolutely beautiful. So they were doing some photography for a house right up the street for hours for uh, home and gardens. So they came to me and they were like, Hey, um, we don't want to use your house, but can we put your, can we just crop your lawn into uh, this photo and we'll give you a hundred dollar <laughs> gift certificate. I was like, shit, sure. Why not? So, so, uh, since we're obviously talking and not looking uh, in this podcast, what does what does that perfect yard look like? How do you describe that? What does what is perfection? It's like a thick carpet um, everywhere you look. Um, I have some different things that I do. Uh, one being I like doing stripes. Uh, it's a it's all it is is purely visual. Mm-hmm. I put a 50-pound roller on the back of my lawnmower, and I mow the lawn. And uh, what that does, it lays the grass down in ways in which the light reflects off the blades. So it's purely just an eye trick Okay. for uh, people. Uh, so when you look at it, you see the stripes and lines in your, in your lawn. Fair enough. Um, and... So you said a roller behind uh, uh, the mower. I initially thought when you described it a couple days ago of just dragging like a lead weight behind it. So a roller makes a lot more sense. Yes, a roller is. Because uh, I have no no background in yard care whatsoever. Well, on, on like riding lawnmowers, they do. Uh, it's not a roller. It is a lead weight that sits down and just like hits the blades about halfway through and lays them down. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's done by hydraulic pressure. So, since your golf courses have that, yes. Uh, since this is 
since this is your passion and definitely not uh, one that I've experienced before. Not yet. What is it that that drew you towards this? What is it that excites you about yard porn? Well, let me let me let me start it off where uh, kind of my background, where I come from. So I grew up on a farm my entire life. Um, uh, we raised tobacco, um, and I really didn't do a whole lot with lawns, but uh, I learned a lot about chemicals and things like that of what makes plants better, what makes helps them grow better, and it really correlated with what you put on your lawn. Um, I worked for Ohio state research center in Piketon, Ohio mm-hmm. for a long time, horticulture and aquaculture. And I learned a lot about hydroponics. I learned a lot about growing, uh, just various berries. We did a lot of cancer research with blueberries and things like that. So they got me outside and really learning, you know, what kind of chemicals, fertilizers, things like that. Cause everything was like, blocked off so if you used a fertilizer for one plant you had to do a different one for another plant and they didn't want any cross-contamination exactly so i got to see a a lot of different uh fertilizers being utilized and i know what the best ones are and i know where to get them and i don't tell anybody about them (laughs) (laughs) so if somebody did want to do this for their own yard uh say outside of the areas where they they couldn't get your help what kind of implements and tools do they need to make it happen. Honestly, um, it's all about education. Anybody can do, anybody can do this. Um, you just have to, it takes time. Uh, you have to be very diligent about, you, you have to cut your grass three times a week. I mean, religiously, I cut mine four. Um, you don't, uh, the, the information that you need, honestly, will be on YouTube. There's lots of individuals that I watch and I watch them every day. I know that's really sick, but I do. It so is, you watch grass grow? Yeah. And Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. So um, there's this one guy that's like really kind of inspired me to, to kind of do some different things. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on YouTube. He goes by lawn, the Lawn Care Nut um, or LCN. Uh, and he has been doing videos for five years. What I like about him, well, he's, he does not only cold season, but warm season. He's kind of my inspiration of where I would like to be one day. He has a ton of followers. He has a, a a list that he put like publishes stuff and they buy it from him and things like that. And uh, I've learned pretty much everything from him uh, when it comes to actual lawn, lawn care. Um, And then the, the subtle things kind of going back to your, your question earlier, like what are some things that you do differently that maybe someone else mm-hmm. doesn't do? Um, it's uh, edging is a huge thing. Right. Making everything look very boxy. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone's walking up the sidewalk, like there's no grass hanging off onto the sidewalk. There's things like that. Um, nice crisp lines. and Yep. And then uh, I have a secret potion that I use. Uh, I do. I know. What's secret the potion, potion do? It makes your lawn green. Uh, it's high in nitrogen. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things out there, but there's a group in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. um, a company in Milwaukee that makes a chemical or a fertilizer called Melorganite. They also call it Milo or just M for all you lawn <laughs> nerds out there. And uh, it's so, very popular. Um, 
So I'm asking this as a complete tangent because uh, I once had a customer that ran a worm farm and they sold a lot of castings. Uh, are the, are these, are these potions? Can call the business? You've got worms? No, but that okay. would have been epic yeah. if they had. Um, the question though is, are, are these, are these uh, uh, pieces you're putting on, are they like grown in a, in a lab in a, in a factory type thing or are they more organic nature in nature? Um, so I know Malorganite's more organic in nature. Okay. Some of the other stuff I put on is not. It is chemically grown in a lab. Okay. Um, and uh, I mean, some of it's honestly not even safe for your, like your dog or animals to go walking out through. Fair Probably enough. not people either. <laughs> like I have a dandelion killer and crabgrass killer. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want my animals walking through it. Fair it'll, enough. It'll probably burn a little bit. <laughs> or if they ingest it, it could be bad. Yeah, that, that could definitely be a downside um for for somebody who let's say all they do right now is is uh weed whack say twice a month and mow once a week what's the one thing they could do to make their lawn look that next step better mow your grass two to three times a week jack your their uh blade up to four inches Mm -hmm. or three and a half you can get away with three and a half um, but you never want to take off more than one third of the grass blade or your grass will not, you'll shock it. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge shock for your grass. It really is. Um, but yeah, just mow two to three times a week. Um, and don't bag your, your, uh, your clippings. Your clippings. Oh, I'm lazy. I absolutely hate bagging anything cause well, it's more work. Well, lazy in this case is good. I'm good at lazy. It it just gets so the reason for that is it it actually puts nutrients back into the grass. Yeah. Um I always try to like if I fertilize, I never cut and then fertilize right afterwards. I fertilize first and then I cut probably two days after. Okay. Um and then I water directly after. All right. So if I put my organite on, it's high in nit- nitrogen. That's what causes your grass to be really green. Nitrogen yes. levels. <laughs> So uh, you want to put that on, let it sit for 24, 48 hours, cut, let the grass sit on for 24 hours, and then water, and it'll, within six days, dude, you will dominate your neighbor. Nice. Um, so from the, that, that covers a lot of the scientific and, and procedural side of things. On the aesthetic side, beyond the sharp edges and, and, and uh, edging and so forth, what are you looking for? in terms of the lawn once you do all this? Um, so it's, I want to make sure. So crabgrass, like you don't want, you just want grass in your lawn and it could be, you're, especially in Ohio, it's a cold season grass. So you're going to get a lot. You're going to get um, fescue. You're going to get rye. You're going to get Kentucky bluegrass. Like it's all going to be a mix. You're never going to have just like one blade of grass like the one grass it's just the all one kind yeah my lawn's a hodgepodge yeah it will be but you don't want crabgrass and crabgrass can grow out and what it does it grows out um in like large circles mm-hmm. and it will create a uh a blockage of any kind of sun or water getting to that soil for that grass in that area and it'll kill your lawn that's not good yeah and dandelions i hate them Oh my gosh, I hate them. I freak out when I see other lawns. I was going to ask you about that. No, I hate dandelions, man. Like, Um, it's really bad. I hate it. So I knocked down the dandelions in my yard 
couple days ago. And, and when you say knock them down, tell, what does that mean? Uh, I got some of the fancy spray that you attach to the end of the hose, and okay, and they've all. Yep, that's all, good. That's dissolved. what I do too. Um, I got most of the yard, but uh, not quite all of it. But it took care of 90 percent of them. Uh, we got one yard down under the street from us that is nothing but dandelions. I got one right across the street from me, and it is god awful. And I'm really afraid that his dandelions are going to like spread. blow and spread over in my yard. So yeah, but he gets really mad because I already tried to spray. <laughs> he got really mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those uh, yeah, th- those yards look absolutely horrible, even for somebody who doesn't like yard work at all. At all. No, I mean uh, the way I look at it, you. S- spend a lot of money on your house and mm-hmm. you want it to look good oh yeah um my my wife takes care of the inside i mean she does like everything man like she cuts wood with a with a saw and she'll put borders around like does wainscoting like she's legit i'm not good at that stuff yeah i saw her doing a, a, a drywall plaster repair upstairs yeah man, before we came down crazy and she's got six weeks left until she delivers a baby so yeah she is she's strong man yes but she expects me to take care of lawn and looks good she she kind of upsets me sometimes because she doesn't like the striping she just wants like it all to look uniform and yeah i don't like that i like when people come and you can see like if you're driving down one end of the the street i want the neighbors to to see see. that tiger stripe yeah i want them to see that like me and this guy knows what he's doing i like that feeling that's why i do it (laughs) so it's for the attention sort of yeah and gratification i I like lines. I like things that are straight. I like things that are tidy and cleaned up. And that's what I see when I see stripes in a, in a lawn. Okay. So you have a, a geometric aesthetic as part of this. I do. All right. Um, what all, what have the, the, pardon me, what has this taught you throughout the years? What's the big takeaway? Patience. Uh, good lawn. And I'm going through this now, like, when I first bought this house, the lawn was absolutely horrible. And coming from a place that was gorgeous and I had it perfect, like it was just clockwork, mm-hmm. was difficult for me. So um, I knew it wasn't going to be good, but I set goals for myself. Um, and, you know, I brag a little bit to the neighbors. So it causes me to like stick with it because I don't want to look like an idiot in front of anybody. You don't want to have to back down for what you already said. Exactly. So, um, yeah, patience, honestly, uh, a, a good, like good grass and good lawn. Um, it takes time and patience. What do you think your neighbors think about it all? Uh, they all come to me and ask me a bunch of questions now. Well, except My, for maybe the one with all the dandelions. Yeah. No one talks to him. He's an <laughs> idiot. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you had uh, a f- photographer that wanted to, wanted to photo stitch your lawn onto somebody else's house. Are there any other amusing stories that come to mind? I mean, don't put your foot under the mower. Nah, nothing like that. I mean, yeah, uh, that's obvious. I think the, the, the amusing stories are ones that I really love because it makes my neighbors look not dumb, but I don't know. I just like making my, my yard look better than everyone else's. So I'll do stupid things. Like I'll mow six times in one direction to lay the grass down really heavy. 
on oh, so it's right all- next to their lawn. So it looks like, oh, this guy, like it looks darker than what it really is. Okay. So it also looks like it's been machined almost. Exactly. <clears throat> now I did do, okay, here, I got a story. So for you want you. them to envy you. I do. And I do, I, I've done some other things too is um, for 4th of July. Mm-hmm. I, I, I put uh, the American flag etched in my in my yard by by using the roller. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's and it looked that's a really good. it looked really good. I've never done anything like that, but I'm going to do it this year. I'm going to do it my front yard this year for Fourth of July, and it's going to be my whole front yard because it's it's perfectly for the wave, like perfect for mm-hmm. for the American flag wave. Um, but yeah, I do crazy things like that, you know for valentine's day not valentine's day but just like my wife's birthday or something like that i'll Mm -hmm. put a big heart in the yard or something stupid fair enough um have any of your neighbors ever asked to have something like that etched into their yard yeah um i had three people ask for the american flag for this year already wow they're gonna pay me for it that's that's not a bad deal if you can uh get paid for your passion 300 bucks a pop and it doesn't take that long that's that is truly impressive yeah, well, so uh, you want okay. I, I do have a, another thing that I, a venture that I almost went into, and my wife stopped me very quickly because it was like twelve thousand dollars for this machine. Uh, okay, so she justifiably stopped you. Oh, she definitely. Oh, it, it's crazy. Um, it's a machine that has about five hundred air. Um, oh, what do you call them? Like nozzle? Yeah, air nozzles okay. on the bottom of it. And it's got a big tank with air in it. Okay. And uh, you program the picture that you want and this how like <laughs> large it is. And all these nozzles spray in different directions and create a design. So you can go like on a golf course and do a logo for a company um, or whatever. But I wanted one of these machines for, for me personally. And she said no. Are you glad she said no? No, I'm not glad at all. I would love to take it and go and do things like on a golf course or sell that service because i think there's a market for that and there's no one doing it that's very true uh granted i'm not the biggest golf aficionado um beyond that what else would you like people to know about yard porn you can see my work if you google hashtag yard porn (laughs) um so we already talked about the, the single thing that somebody with an average yard could do to improve the look of their yard. Um, what other tips and tricks would be commonly presented to, to neophytes? I I don't think there's tips and tricks. It's just once you do this, once you like do it one time mm-hmm. and your lawn looks good, like just just dedicate yourself for one summer. One spring and summer, and just Google anything you can about lawn care. Watch videos on YouTube. If you do that for one summer, you will be hooked. Because okay. it really does look good. And you will have the best lawn in the neighborhood. Because people honestly don't take care of the lawn like they should. I don't disagree with that. There's some truly horrid lawns in my neighborhood. For sure. Here too. Yeah, and it's not hard to make it look good. I mean, if you just put a little bit of effort into it. Spend a little bit of money on getting your weeds and, and, and things like that. And by money, I mean like buy the chemicals and just do it. Mm-hmm. 
It's really not that expensive. I think I do Melorganite three times during spring and summer. Each bag's 15 bucks. I mean, that's so simple to throw that's... down, put it in a spreader, throw it down. Um, you spend nearly 15 which is bucks a, just on gas mowing once a week. Thrower down is actually a uh, a yard geek term. Thrower down. Thrower down. All right. Sounds so simple enough. Just throw her down. Um, but yeah, what else would you like people to know? Yeah. Um, I don't think there's really anything else for... Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing else that, that I can say that'll, I think, turn someone on to doing yard work. I mean, you have to enjoy it. And I'm a big guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really am. And uh, I still am out there like three, four times a, a, a week. Um, you know, and you just got to dedicate yourself and it is a lot of fun and get you outside and away from the computers and all that stuff. It's fun. Um, so a bit of a tangent there up until just recently, I was a relatively big guy as well. Um, and never really liked all the huffing and puffing when out working in the, in the summer in the yard. Uh, any suggestions for alleviating that at all? Huffing and puffing? Yeah, the, the huffing and puffing and sweating and no, being hot. I huff and puff and I'm hot and sweaty, but I enjoy that. I like being hot and I like being sweaty. Uh, I like being outside. Um, yeah, it's just I really enjoy being outside. And maybe that's because I worked on a farm from the time I was 12 to I was 18. I mean, I mm-hmm. ran a tobacco farm. We had 380 acres, and that's what I did. I was outside every day, rain or shine. So, so tell me about the farm a little bit more. Uh, well, I was getting in trouble when I was a young uh, like a lot, like big time in trouble, like almost to the point where I was in a gang mm-hmm. and my dad was a cop and he said, hell no, you're not, this is not happening to my son. So we moved in a town of 76 people. Um, and, uh, was that Otway? It was Otway. My brother-in-law just sold his property in Otway. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. He, he bought it thinking he was going to put a, uh, a farm on it or put a, put a house on it from mm-hmm. an old farm. And shall we say parts of the, uh, opium trade are not understated. Yeah. And, uh, he decided it's, he didn't want to put a house there. It's crazy, man. Like it really yeah. is a problem. Big time. Yeah. He had uh, a whole bunch of his tools stolen out of the shed multiple times. And oh yeah. He's like, yeah, enough of this. And nope. Punted. That's a huge thing. Yeah. We lived out there for many years. Um, I want to go back and I want to buy the farm again uh, mm-hmm. just because I think it would be a good investment. Um, never going to grow tobacco on there again, but I hope for that area that something comes and I'm hoping, you know, the, the marijuana craze hits down there uh, mm-hmm. when it becomes legal and those people can start making money because there's some really good people down there. Um, yep. But there's real good people all over the place. That opium, that op- opioid is crazy down there man yes yeah he teaches in uh uh at shawnee state and that's yeah. crazy we so my wife and i both went there and my wife taught there she taught the uh cadaver lab mm-hmm. for them yeah does he he's in he's a computer scientist okay yeah uh all he really wanted to do after getting his phd was teach and found a spot that did that for him He's still down there. Yep. He's been there for probably 10 years now, about 10 years. Yeah. Really likes it. 
like the <clears throat> small size of the town. I mean, it's not very different in that regard from a place I used to live long ago, Marietta, Ohio. Yeah. Which you still have a motorcycle there. You still have a motorcycle there. I used to ride my motorcycle there. Okay. Yeah. Um, my wife won't let me have my motorcycle because uh, lack of coordination and um, um, emergency room visits afterwards. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, Marietta is one of those small towns where it's a, it's a gorgeous place, but there isn't necessarily a whole lot to do, a whole lot to do once you get tired of hiking and hunting, fishing, fishing and boating, boating and stomping through the woods. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, when I was down there, this was 20 years ago, it was, I think Marietta was about 14,000 people for the metropolitan area, yep. and it shrunk since then. I think it's right around 10,000 now. Yeah, Portsmouth is at like 10, mm-hmm. uh, which is the closest large, if you want to call it large, large city near Otway, the, the farm. Yeah, um, 10,000 people is what it takes to, for a town to be a city. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and you think, you know, it's 10, 12,000 people for Marietta, and that was our nation's capital for two years. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, the first capital of the U.S. was Philadelphia, and then it moved to Marietta for just shy of two years, and then it moved to Washington, D.C. Wow, I did not know that. Um, and you think, so It's th- there's a lot of culture and history there, and nobody visits. It's just a little backwater now. I guarantee half the people who live in Marietta don't even know that. Yeah, Um yeah, I always dug into books, so I knew that long, long ago. That's crazy. I never knew that. But yeah, very cool. Um, there's lots of landmarks in the area, and of course, the the school doubles the local population when it's in session. And I'm sure Shawnee State does similar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, little town of Otway. Uh, what else do you remember from the farm? Yeah, so I moved there when I was 12, and <clears throat> so we we got this big, huge farm, 380 acre tobacco farm, and uh, didn't know anything about growing tobacco. We got, so the next year, my dad was like, you're in charge of this. You need to figure out how to do this and you're going to make money at it. And, uh, so that's what I did. We hired some Mexicans <laughs> and they moved, uh, to, we had like a little tiny, like farmhouse also on the mm-hmm. property and they lived there. And every morning I'd wake up at five o'clock in the morning and they would teach me for one full year. Like they taught me everything. And the very next year, I hired a bunch of people, um, a lot of the same people, and I ran it myself. My dad signed all the paperwork, did all the checks because I wasn't able to. But, but I got all you the were money the boss. for it. Yep, I got all the money for it and everything. Put me through school, my sisters through school, uh, bought nice. our cars, uh, paid for our sports. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what taught me to be a man. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other stories from being on the farm. I mean, any you can can share. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you one that I got in a lot of trouble. Okay. A lot of trouble. <laughs> my parents, this was my senior year of high school. Uh, my sisters, one was a freshman, one was a sophomore. I decided I was going to uh, have a big party. And uh, have you ever seen Field of Dreams? Yes. You know, they have the cars that go up the road and you see all their headlights. Oh, yeah. That's what was happening at my house. <laughs> so three schools. And we I went to a county school. So, I mean, it was pretty large for, for that area. Uh, we had about 250 people at the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ran out of firewood. Now, we had tons of woods all over the place. But we ran out of, like, cut firewood. So we decided we would 
burn an old tobacco barn that wasn't being used. So that's what we did. Fire department came out, didn't know how to use the fire trucks because of a fallen volunteer fire department. Nothing ever happened there. Uh, yeah, my parents ended up uh, paying a bunch of, well, I ended up paying, my parents paid and then they made me pay. A bunch of fines. Tons of fines. It was crazy. So I'm assuming an old tobacco farm, there's probably a good bit of oil and tar seeping into the structure. Lots of tobacco that's still there. Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, I mean, I liked that smell, so it wasn't that bad for me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not like a cigarette. I mean, it smells totally different when that stuff burned. Yeah. But you probably could have smelled it a county away. Oh yeah. 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 It was a front page of the newspaper, uh, in 2003, uh, for three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) okay that's impressive yes uh and i'm assuming there's probably a picture of your dad with his arms crossed no no pictures of us at all i just had a picture of the fire each time it was the same picture but it ran for three weeks different story attached to all three of them but the same picture uh it was pretty crazy um yeah a lot of parents were really mad really pissed off but oh well Um, it all worked out no one got hurt no one that's good Everyone dropped, everyone had their keys. I mean, obviously we were, sorry. Obviously we were drinking. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, everyone, but we had a rule, like everyone had to put their keys in this lockbox. And it it was a dial. No one knew the combination. Um, And no one got it until the morning. So that was good. That's good. Yeah. So the parents, I'm, I'm assuming the parents, pardon me, were unhappy because the, the kids were there drinking as opposed to. Oh, they didn't, honestly, most of them didn't even care about the drink because, I mean, you live in a freaking farm. Like, what are you going to do, right? There's not like, much else to do. You can't go out and, like, do anything, like, go to a club. It's not like that there. Right. It's like, you go do a bonfire and everyone drinks, turns on country music, and, yeah, and just tells a bunch of stories. I mean, that's literally it. So, a Fair lot enough. of the parents didn't care about the drinking. It was the fire and I think the publicity of it all. They didn't uh, like their kid to be a part of that. And it was a senior year, so, like, uh, yeah, it got a lot of attention from the schools. So I guess, yeah, the, there's the potential there of kids just turned 18 may uh, may affect them as an adult. Yeah, I mean, this is sad to say, but 90% of those probably didn't even go to college. <laughs> so it didn't really matter It anyway. didn't really matter to them, but I think it was just the fact that a lot of them are really religious, and so now they got to go. Two days later, they got to go to church, and and and, and everybody and, knows. And everyone that, knows who was there, and can still probably smell the tobacco on them at oh, that point. Yeah. Tobacco, liquor, like it was. It was a good party. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> Would I do it again? Absolutely. <laughs> Would you do it differently though? I would not. Okay, so still- no, it's a good story that I can carry for the rest of my life. No one got hurt, and. Still, when I go down there, like, they say, ah, John, or they call me Big John. That's what they always called me. Yeah, Big John. Yeah. So, was it your idea to light the barn on fire or somebody else's? 100% my my idea. Okay. Not to throw you under the bus or anything. Nope, 100% my idea. I told my parents as soon as they got the call in Las Vegas, they called me. Uh, Of course, we didn't have cell phones at that point. Oh, of Uh, course. Well, we did have cell phones, but they didn't work where where we lived. Of course. So they called me and I told them, like, yeah, I did it. Like, I I owned it. I got in trouble. I had to pay a lot of money to my parents. But, yeah, it, would, it turned out good. Fair enough. 
Uh, any other stories there you want to share? Oh, none that I would like to admit. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right. So I know you have more than one passion beyond yard care and, and reminiscing about the old family farm. Um, what is it that got you into the Columbus Blue Jackets, our local NHL team? Yeah. So I had a friend. Uh, he was interested. Um, he got me interested. He was a diehard fan when I lived back in my hometown. <coughs> um, I went to a couple games with him and I liked it, but I really wasn't like that into it. Um, and then we moved to Columbus. Um, oh yeah. And, uh, I started getting into it. My buddy, it's kind of sad. We're no longer friends. Uh, but he got me uh he got me into it and we uh decided together that we were going to learn how to play never skated a day in our life and uh so that was our new year's resolution uh, six years ago and now you skate now you play i play on sunday nights uh columbus columbus ohio actually has the second largest adult hockey league in the nation wow yeah we've got over four thousand members uh in columbus for just in the adult leagues um, the first surprisingly is San Jose, California. <laughs> that doesn't seem all that conducive to hockey. Well, it's because the teams own the adult leagues. So like okay. the NHL teams are able to pump some money into it and help out because it is rather expensive for, I mean, we pay for a session. There's four sessions a year. We pay about $200 per session just in ice fees. Mm-hmm. Um, other places, like I know a guy from Texas who played, and it was six hundred dollars every like four times a year. Oof. Yeah. So. So I appreciate hockey. It's probably the one sport I'm most interested in. Yeah. But I don't know a lot of the ins and outs. I'll watch a game once in a great while. Uh, what do people need to know about the Blue Jackets? That we can't get past round one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke. I hate it. I hate the Penguins. I hate Washington. Um, they have uh, the crushed my dreams. I don't care about the Canucks. Yeah, they're. I mean, those Canadian teams are. I like them. So, so to ask a very leading question from long, long ago when I was in town, do you remember the campaign to name the hockey team way back when? No, I, I wasn't even in tune oh, with the hockey at that, that point. was probably 97 or so. They were trying to figure out what to call the hockey team. It was 2000, right? Um, that's when it started, but the uh, the they knew there was going to be okay. a hockey team in yeah. 97 or 98. <laughs> what, are some of the, what are some of the names? So the I remember one of them. There, there was a paper, there was a publication called The Other Paper at that point. It died back in like 01 or 02. Okay. But it was it was it started its life as an underground newspaper here in Columbus, and they were one of the leading contenders. Their offering for the name was the Columbus Mad Cows. <laughs> <laughs> I like I it. I think I have the T-shirt for it somewhere still. That's great. But um, believe it or not, that was in the lead up until the last moment uh, when they went with the Blue Jackets instead. Huh. So we could have been the Columbus Mad Cows. Huh. This was about the time that, that uh, uh, the uh, Mad Cow Disease 
started <laughs> okay, popping yeah, up. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Ma- started popping up in the Midwest once in a while. I remember. And, uh, yeah, so that was one of the big pushes, and it looked like that was going to be it for a couple of months. That might be my next hockey team name. The Columbus Mad the Cows? Columbus Mad Cows. I mean, you can think of a whole bunch of other, you know, really bad taglines off of that, you know, like milk them, punch them oh, yeah. in the udders. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I like it. Uh, it was meant to be completely uh, unserious, very sarcastic, and it got legs. Huh. Pun intended. It got legs and it, yeah. it went. Um, for the longest time, I want to say it was two or three months right up to the very end, we thought it was going to be the Columbus Mad Cows. <laughs> Which would have been both great and horrible all That'd at be once. Horrible. Can you imagine the mascot? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's Some a cow- like crazy looking cow walking, running up and down. The- it's a cow in a jersey. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, it was sponsored by the other paper. Um, I'm kind of glad we didn't become the Columbus Mad Cows. Yeah, dude. Me too. But it also would have been hilarious if it had happened. Yeah, I uh, we are. So I play on Sundays, and I've played for a couple of different teams, and we come up with really creative names for mm-hmm. teams. So one was a Hawaii Five Hole, <laughs> and it was a Hawaiian jersey with hula girl socks. <laughs> um, and then we have uh, the Columbus Kilts. Uh, that is one as well. Um, and then, uh, oh, BFM, Bill fucking Murray. Yeah. Was it? And we had Bill Murray, like all black with white Bill Murray on the front of our jerseys. So that was pretty good. So for somebody who doesn't necessarily follow a particular team, what do people need to know about the Blue Jackets in terms of the makeup of the team? They have a really good leader. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot of charity work in Columbus. Given a lot of money to like Nationwide Children's Hospital and things like that. But the actual makeup of the team, mm-hmm. um, well, it's, it's funny, man, because hockey's changing. Like, it's it's not the fights and stuff like, like we're used to. Like, the Jared Bowles, like, Jared Bowles is a classic. He's my favorite player of all time. I li- his jersey is sitting right back there on my right up against my wall and it's it's addressed to big john like i know this guy personally so what draws you to him he's a fighter he likes to punch people and he's not afraid to back down he's not a scorer whatsoever he's an enforcer and he's one of the last enforcers in fact he doesn't even play in the nhl anymore um it's just they're going younger Mm -hmm. uh you, you don't have a bunch of older people older guys playing in the league anymore they're going younger and faster Columbus has the second or third youngest team in the league. Second team, actually. Um, and uh, it's all speed. It's just a different game. It's it's just evolving into a different game. That's one thing I don't like about you, hockey right now. You miss some of the fights? Oh, I think I only saw four or five fights this year. It used to be every other game. Like, someone was getting blasted. And it was awesome. Like, so, I really miss that. So, the... It's been a number of years since I've been to a, a, any hockey game. But the last one I went to was OSU Michigan. And I want to say they ran out of players at one point if there were so many fights. That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, there were. I think there was two guys left on one side and three on the other. And everybody else was just piled into the box. Yeah. And I love that. But yeah, just I guess it doesn't happen anymore. No, especially in college. Like you're very like 
there's some good hits in college. I got a lot of OSU games. Uh, just if the Jackets aren't playing, mm-hmm. um, they did pretty good this year. But yeah, there's just there's no fights. There's no same thing with European leagues. I, I've I've been to Germany a lot over the years, and the only people getting fights in in like the DEL, uh, which is the German mm-hmm. Deutschland Ice Hockey League. Yep. Um, they uh, the only people getting a fight are Americans who get drafted on their teams. <laughs> So would it, be, would it be fair to classify it that uh, the, the 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 makeup of the teams and the play is becoming more sportsmanlike? Would, would that be a good way to describe it? Or no, I, I think that's a really bad way to describe it. Okay, sportsmanlike. Uh, the fights, honestly, gentlemanlike. Gentlemen, maybe. Well, not even that, no. because when the guys used to fight, they would go in the box and like it would be okay. Like they were congratulating. You listen to old, old videos of like when the fights were going on, they were like, "Oh man, good fight!" Like at the end of it, like "Good fight, man, great fight." Yeah, and, like they were just so like cool with it. Like that's how it is in our league too. Like I've I've been in a couple fights myself, um, and uh, you get in a fight, you get off the ice, and you're drinking a beer thirty minutes later, like just enjoying and having a good time like no one holds a grudge it's what i love about hockey like you're out there and it's rough and it's fast and and things happen but it's all forgotten after the game's done win or lose yeah i remember that from that osu michigan game that you know a whole bunch of guys got into a fight they all got thrown in the box and once they were in the box they were reaching over the glass to shake each other's hands i honestly think that's why the box i don't know this for a fact but that's why the box was created Otherwise, why wouldn't you just go to your bench? <laughs> yeah, you're just confined to the bench for five minutes. Yeah, exactly. No, they go to the box, and it's kind of a cool-off time for them. Mm-hmm. And all is good. I mean, like, you come off, and you, you start playing again. Uh, so for those who don't follow hockey at all, what might draw them to it? The fan experience, especially with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, we were rated three years in a row for best fan experience. That's good. Uh, in the league. Unlike the crew. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, you get uh, tickets are pretty decently priced. I usually, if I don't have a, a season ticket, I go to StubHub or mm-hmm. some secondhand. And you get tickets for pretty cheap, man. 20 bucks. Get you in. Uh, go to a bar beforehand before you go to the game because beers and liquor is outrageous at those games. Hit up the R bar. Yeah, R bar. That's that's the hockey bar. I so I like the R bar, but I, I do too. Very rarely. It's go still there. a hole. Yeah, it's it's a hole. It's a, an accommodating hole, but it's still a hole. I usually go to Brothers because they got three dollar anything that pours. That's nice. Yeah, so that's where I usually go. But yeah, the the fan experience is great, man. Um, you just need to sit next to someone that knows the rules and ask questions. Fair enough. Um, what would you say to somebody who might be interested in playing hockey as an amateur? What would you say to them to encourage them to get involved? Take a skating class. If you don't know how to skate, if you played, um, like roller hockey growing up and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. You should be pretty good. Um, I'm not a great skater. I'm very slow. I'm like an 18-wheeler. Once you get me going, it's hard to stop, <laughs> but it takes me a while to get going. Um, 
Yeah, and it's it's really just the group of guys that you're with. So find a group of people, two or three guys that you're friends with or get to know, <coughs> and uh, join an e-league team. E-league is the like novice, like very novice. Okay. Most of the time they can't skate. I mean, it's pretty comical. Okay, so so go to some some open ice days. Start, open ice. Start or you can take a class. Well, you can take a class too. That's what I did. Uh, I took a class and it was I think eighty dollars and it was six weeks long. That's not bad at all. No, and uh, that's almost cheaper than going to six weeks worth of open ices. Yeah. Oh, it is actually. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you feel really stupid at first because you got a bunch of six-year-olds that are skating circles around you, but <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Uh, some of my best friends that I've met in Columbus or I play hockey with. Um, any recommendations for people who want to get involved? And so this is a leading question uh, that don't have the ankle strength necessary. Are there any uh, uh, exercises or activities you'd recommend that might help dude i don't know i have no idea tape them up tape them up tape them up that's all i (laughs) just tape them up yep fair enough um what else do people need to know about hockey especially local hockey it's fun man i mean it's a beer league like just go in there like don't take shit serious and Drink some beers in the locker room, even though you're not supposed to. Drink some beers in the locker room before you go out and have a good time. Like, don't take it serious. No one's, you're not a Columbus Blue Jacket. Uh, just go out there and have some fun. Shoot the shit with some guys um, and have fun. Like, some, honestly, one of my favorite times is in the locker room with the guys before and after the game. Like, we shoot the shit and we make fun of people and just. Oh, like, I can see that. It's a good time. You know, throw back some brews or. Get a bottle of whiskey and everyone passes it around. Like it's a good time. A bonding experience. So um what do you think is the most important thing that hockey's taught you? <sighs> Not <laughs> oh, this is a, this is a funny okay. Not to take not to take life so seriously. That's- everyone Everyone makes fun of everyone out on the ice. And we, I mean, we, we just rag on each other hard. Like it's hard. Like we, we've had people quit our, our team because they say it's a hostile locker room just because we just go at it. Like we're all just joking around. So, so there's a psychological component to the sport as well. It is. That's pretty much, it's all psychological. I mean, it is. You're playing for the psych out. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it's just, uh, as long as you don't take it serious, it's fun. Um, any humor stories you want to tell about hockey? Uh, we'll have to save that. I think for a, for a, for a whole separate yeah. episode just on that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good ones. I mean, we travel all over the country and play our team does. So, I mean, we've rented RVs. We've, we've, we've got some stories <laughs> turned it into the party bus on the way. It and has been to a and party fro. bus. Yes. Um, so since it is hockey, any major injuries from it? Yeah. Um, so when I first started learning how to skate, I fell mm-hmm. back and hyper extended my knee. Mm-hmm. Had to use crutches for a while. Ooh. Yeah. My very first game I played, um, some guy got mad at me and hit me and I, I knocked him down instead of him. Like he hit me and <laughs> fell down cause he couldn't skate. And then as he was trying to get up, I 
like hit him again so he'd fall down. <laughs> and then like it just was crazy, man. Like people started hitting me and like punching me and it was great. It was like a that was my introduction to actual to organized hockey. <laughs> or or semi disorganized hockey. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Where do you so where do you wish that that Columbus hockey would go? What do you want to see it do next? Make it to the second round of playoffs. Like we talk about the Jackets. Yeah. Yeah. Make it the second round of playoffs. I think we had a good team. Um, we have got a good group of guys on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's there's a couple good players that are just outstanding. Um, yeah, we've got a great fan base. Like we really do. Like it's I know it's really good. becoming a hockey town. And and now that that soccer is going to be gone. Like right. it's gone. It's it's leaving. Like they, it's gonna have to be an outlet for some of those people. Hockey's that outlet. Yep. And we got plenty of cold here during the second half of the year. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Even though we play inside and not outside yeah, around here. Yeah, sometimes it's warmer inside than it is outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, and where do you wish your local team? What do you want them to do next? Nothing, man. I just want to keep it going like it is. Keep it's, drinking beer and eating pizza. Yeah, it's a blast. Like we have a good time. So fair enough. Yep. We're fifty minutes. I think we're fifty minutes in. And uh, where can people find you, your team, and so forth on the internet? Yeah. So what do you want to plug? Yeah, we um the uh, Columbus at All Hockey League C A C A H L um dot com. Uh, you can sign up there, uh, and they'll. If you don't have a group of people, they'll place you with the team. And a lot of people have, have done that, and I've met some really good friends that way. Um, That's good. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, and then uh, for for yawn yard assistance, I almost said yawn. Just yard hash- and lawn assistance. All you have to do is hashtag yard porn. Uh, not there are some other people that u- utilize that hashtag, but most of my s- stuff is on there. So uh, any particular one of the platforms that they can find it on. Um, mostly Facebook, uh, or Instagram. Okay. Fair enough. So, and then I highly, highly recommend you looking at the lawn care nut on YouTube. And we'll include a link to that in the description below. Um, anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up for the evening? Nah, man, I'm pretty good. I'm feeling good. I've had a, what, three glasses of vodka cranberry and I'm feeling pretty good right now. Fair enough. Um, thanks for joining us on not the nine to five. Uh, we'll be here again for the next episode. Hashtag don't die at the desk. Don't die at your desk. Find out what you're passionate about. Go out and do it. Um, yeah. Last thing you're going to do on your deathbed is say, I wish I'd gone to the office and worked more. That's what I'm going to be saying. No, no, you're not. (laughs) I know I'm not either. And thanks everybody for listening. Take care.